0: Our scripture this morning is John 10, verses 1 through 10, if you want to read along. Starting in verse 1, scripture says, I assure you that whoever doesn't enter into the sheep pen through the gate, but climbs over the wall, is a thief and an outlaw. The one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The guard at the gate opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice, He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Whenever he has gathered all his sheep, he goes before them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger, but will run away because they don't know the stranger's voice. Those who heard Jesus use this analogy didn't understand what he was saying. So Jesus spoke again. I assure you that I am the gate of the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and outlaws, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief enters only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so that they could have life indeed, so that they could live life to the fullest. May God add to the reading of His Word for us this morning, uh, this week. Tanya was at the Smokies last week uh, hiking, and this weekend she's at the Charles Dean Wilderness, which is somewhere in Bloomington, around Bloomington. Uh, so in the middle of the week she was home to kind of refresh and wash up all of her stuff and then go back out. So in the middle, we kept our oldest granddaughter, Becca, on uh Wednesday night. And, uh, so she was up early and, and I, I went in the living room with Tanya and the grandbaby because she's a wild sleeper. So the bed's not big enough for her to sleep in the middle of us and she wouldn't sleep in the granddaughter's room that was vacated by Emily and Dakota, uh, So I went in the living room, and she crawled up in my chair with me and her blanket, and it was a very sweet moment for for Pap. I loved it. And at some point, Tanya said, when are are you going to work? And I said, well, when this is over, I'm not going to interrupt this. I don't care how late of a morning I I get started. I don't want to interrupt this. I'm going to enjoy this for as long as it lasts. uh and that wasn't even true because when that ended, she wanted to play hide and go seek. That that's her favorite game to play throughout the house. But she's an impatient hider. And she's an impatient finder. So she when she hides for more than a minute or two, she starts to giggle so you will hear her and find her quicker. And when you're hiding, she wants you to do the same. She she's tired of looking, so she wants you to make noise. So she knows where you're at. And I thought about this scripture in relation to that this week. You know, the recognition of your voice and being found. And there's safety in that, right? There's safety in hearing a familiar voice. That's what Jesus is saying to those who've gathered around here in our scripture scripture this morning. We find safety in those familiar voices. Those voices we know they they don't offer any harm for us. John 1 through 10, Jesus is saying there's safety in the shepherd's voice. But more than that, church, we can take from this scripture there's safety in the shepherd's care. And how did that safety get built up? How do we know that there's safety in the shepherd's care? For most of us, we know that because we've lived a life of following Jesus. We've been following for a number of years, and we know we've seen it over and over that God looks out for us. Now, we've been in a storm, and we think, how am I ever going to get through this? And all of a sudden, we're on the other side of the storm, and we look back and say, I got through it because the shepherd... Led me through it. It's why the person wrote the, the old poem, right? The footprints. He, he knew he, he'd been carried through those difficult times of his life. And so many people loved that and that hung on so many people's walls for years because they related to that. It was the difficult times in our lives that we were carried by the shepherd. The sheep hear my voice and they know the shepherd's care. So I want us to look at these verses this morning together and see how this safety in the shepherd's care works in multiple ways for us. We get so many things, so much provision from the shepherd. In these verses we see that the shepherd protects us. Especially in verses 7 and 8, so Jesus spoke again. I assure you that I am the gate of the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and outlaws, but the sheep didn't listen to them. We see in this that Jesus is the sheep gate, and I was looking up what that meant, the sheep gate. And that the, the shepherd would literally place himself at the opening. There was like the sheep pen And the the shepherd would put himself at the opening so nothing could get in and none of the sheep could get out. You couldn't go in or out without going through the shepherd. Meaning that he was willing to lay down his life for the sheep. Doesn't that sound familiar? How ironic of Jesus to say that, right? That he is the sheep gate. The shepherd laying down his life for the sheep. They weren't yet ready to hear the total meaning of of what that really meant. But he says the thieves and the outlaws who come are false. They're false teachers. They're the ones today that come. They're preaching this untrue gospel. They're the ones that tell you, you don't need Christ. There's a lot of roads that lead to God. God. More and more we're hearing that in our society. Jesus gives us the assurance, I am the gate of the sheep. Listen to my voice, he says. We even see this in the church. I don't want to point out any particular pastors because I don't know their hearts. But when you hear... Pastors who sound like they're talking about Christ, giving the church a bad name, people are turned off by it. I don't want anything to do with it. They're the thieves that Jesus is talking about. Oh, I don't want anything to do with that. If that's Christianity, I don't want anything to do with it. Well, guess what? The thieves' mission is accomplished. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So you got those people who turn people off of Christianity by giving the church and Christ a bad name. But then you got other thieves who convince people that they're perfectly fine. It sounds like Christianity, but it's not quite Christianity. That you haven't been stolen, but in in reality you have. Like a sheep used for wool production, but you've been stolen and you're headed off to slaughter. Feels like you've been fine. All the circumstances look and feel the same. The world looks the same. But where will you be when the road in this life ends? And it will end for us all. That's been a burden on my heart this week as I've read and prayed over this Scripture. Because there are people that will be stolen away. Scripture makes it clear. The thieves come. The outlaws come. Jesus is watching the gate, but people come over the walls to steal. The enemy is at work in this world. He's the God of this world. The Scripture makes that clear. we got other religions. They're so close to Christianity. You wouldn't know the difference if you didn't know the difference. Even people in those religions don't know the difference. I see them all the time say, oh, that's my Lord Jesus. And you're like you better get in there and figure out what your religion really is because that's not Christianity. A couple of them right here in Salem. I was so proud of George. He was getting gas and he said, man, these two girls came up to me while I was pumping gas. They wanted to talk about their faith. And it sounded like Christianity, but it was that there were some differences. And I was like, no, I'm good. It sounded close, but it wasn't. I said, well, good for you, George. He said, well, they were pretty, Dad. That's sneaky. <laughs> it was tempting. I was going to go to McDonald's and have a Coke so they could talk to me. But I didn't want to because it wasn't. It didn't sound right. It wasn't right. That's what the thieves are using. They want it to sound close. They hope people don't recognize the sheep's voice. And they can't make out the imposters." That's why when people say, and I say this all the time, church, and I know I'm saying it to the church, so it's like preaching to the choir, right? But when people say, I don't need church, you do because you need as much as you can the reinforcement of hearing the shepherd's voice. So when we go out in the world and we hear the imposters, we can recognize it. Remember those rich little and people like that who do impersonations, they sound just like the real thing. Only way you recognize them is you see the people doing it. If they were to call you, you'd probably think it was the person they were impersonating. But that's what the thieves and the enemies want. I feel like the circumstances are fine. Feels like the same. It looks the same. Hey, I turn on K Love every now and then and listen to a song. I may even be able to quote a scripture. I even got a Christian t shirt or two in my dresser drawer. But where will you be? At the end. Verse 4 in our scripture this morning, whenever he has gathered all of his sheep, he goes before them and they follow him because they know him. Because they know his voice. He protects them. They know his voice. And they know his protection. And when we follow him, what's that look like, church? What's that look like for us to follow Jesus as Christ followers? I thought about the 23rd Psalm. We all know that. Maybe by heart when we follow Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why? Not because he's given us so much stuff. Not because we have all the the things our heart desires, but because we're content I shall not want because I know that God is all I need. He makes us lie down in green pastures. That means he, he helps us to have rest in him. Leads us beside still water so we could get a drink. This is what it looks like to follow Jesus. Jesus. We are guided along right paths, not so we can be better than anybody else, not so we could keep a list of good deeds and laws, but for his name's sake. And this is my favorite part of all of the 23rd Psalm. He restores our souls. Have you ever had your soul restored? you ever been so beat up by this world and you had your soul restored? Uh, I used to go see Rosie Byerly over there. She would give massages because I'd get a pinched nerve and my, oh, my back would feel better. Sometimes you get in a hot shower and that makes you feel better for an hour or two. Or you get a nap and you feel better. But there's nothing like going to God in a time of crisis and having your soul Restored. You can only know that when you follow Jesus. Contrast that with what's going on in the world. Somebody that doesn't follow Christ, they don't know contentment. They want more stuff. Can't get enough. How much is enough? More. There's no lying down in green pastures. Why? Because you got to... Just get enough sleep so you can get up and go get more stuff. See, that's the lies of the enemy. That's the thieves at work convincing you that happiness and contentment is in this stuff. You can't be protected by the shepherd because you believe the lies of this world. So when he protects us, the shepherd also provides for us. Look at verse 9 in our scripture. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Provides for us. I feel like we talk about this all the time. Especially lately. Right? He will save us, but salvation is only important when we need it. Was it last week when we talked about Jesus in the glass encasement? Break in case of Emergency? Jesus is there. I got my fire insurance bought. I got saved when I was a little boy or a little girl. Jesus is there. I'll break that glass when I need them. Oh, no. Our loved one is in the hospital. They don't think they're going to make it. We better bring out our faith. Break the glass. Time to start talking about heaven. Heaven. And eternity, remember the, the, the thieves and the outlaws come. Everybody's good. Everybody gets to go to heaven. I thought about the scripture of the rich man and Lazarus, remember? Lazarus is going to be carried up in the bosom of Abraham. And, and the rich man says, hey, hey, take me with you. Or give me a drop of water to drink off your finger. Nope, you had your chance. Well, then go back and tell my brothers and sisters. No, if they didn't hear the Word, if they didn't hear the prophets, they're not going to believe anything we have to say. Look, I don't know what hell looks like. But I think there's a heaven and there's an eternal separation from God. And I think that is hell. To be eternally separated from God. Whatever the circumstances surrounding that is. But we don't have to go there. We don't have to have that. Because our shepherd provides for us. This scripture says that. Whoever enters through the gate. Those who have received him. Through faith will be saved. He said it, Jesus said it, and that seals it for me. I think there's a quote in your bulletin from Elizabeth Elliot. She's an author and she said, Where does your security lie? Is God your refuge, your hiding place, your stronghold, your shepherd, your counselor, your friend, your redeemer, your savior, your guide? If he is, you don't have to search any further for security. Having the grandbaby over this week makes me remember how dependent all three of our kids used to be for everything from, for, from me and Tanya. Everything. We used to do everything for them. And then they get older, right? So you got kids. You remember these stages. they get older, and then you'd sit their clothes out for school the next day, and they'd come stumbling out of the room. They'd be all dressed. You didn't have to help them with a whole lot. And then they'd age. I remember still being half asleep and hearing the door slam. They'd be going out to the bus. They didn't even need you to do anything, not even get them up. They'd set the alarm on their phone, and they'd just do it all. And then that first morning, you heard the car start. And George drove all three of them to school. And how that was scary, but they didn't need you even to take them to school or pick them up from practices. May we never be so independent, church from our shepherd that we don't need them. Our salvation rests totally on what Christ did for us. Romans 10, 9, Paul says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. It's all about Christ, our shepherd and what he did. We're totally dependent on that. Our shepherd is our protector and our provider. And then lastly this morning, our shepherd gives us life to the fullest. In verse 10, the thief enters only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I came so that they could have life indeed. So they could live life to the fullest a lot of people misuse this scripture, this verse 10. You, when you pull it out by itself, a lot of people will say, oh, Satan is the thief. He enters to steal, kill, and destroy, and, and he does. But that's not what this verse is talking about. This verse specifically is talking about people of this world, uh, the false prophets, church leaders, people who are preaching untruth, lies, they're the thieves that Jesus is talking about who come to steal, kill, and destroy. We miss the right thing, and our lives can't be lived to the fullest that Jesus is talking about. I was thinking of an example that I could use, and I don't know if any of you all watch the show Pond Stars on TV. I like it, there's a ton of commercials, so I don't, it's like one commercial after the other. Anyway. Uh I you'll see an episode every now and then somebody'll have this old antique that they knows worth like $400,000 that they've been saving for a rainy day. And they'll take it in there and they just know and, and the Rick who owns the pawn shop will say, "Yeah, if that's the real thing, that may be worth double that. That may be worth $800,000." And they're like, "Oh boy, I can't wait my my granddaddy bought it when he was in India. And oh, oh $800,000. That's a lot of money. But I got to call in an expert to make sure it's real. Well, the expert comes in and they're looking at it. And, you know, well, it, it's a fake. Oh, no. Rick says, I'll give you $75 for it because it's a fake. And all this hope. Those people in India were thieves. They were ripping people off, making them think this is really... I paid, Grandpa paid thousands and thousands of dollars for something that's not worth more than $50. They've been living on a lie, thinking they had all this value. And I think that's the way life's going to be. People are going to get to the end and they think, Oh, I've been been doing it the right way. I've been living my life to the fullest. I've been having a high old time. And they're going to get to the end. And it's going to be that moment when Jesus said, I didn't know you. I didn't know you. I don't care that you occasionally listen to Caleb. I don't care that you occasionally three or four times a year went to church. I didn't know you. There was no value in that. You thought you were living your life to the fullest. You did you weren't it? Was, it was fake. It was empty. And then the sheep are going to get to the end, and he's going to say, Well done, good and faithful servant. I know it was hard. I know you sacrificed some stuff. I know it wasn't always a bed of roses. I know some family members didn't want to be around you because you were always talking about Jesus. You were always inviting them to church. But that was life to the fullest. That other one was empty. I came, I lived. I was beaten and bruised and hung on that cross and I rose from the grave so you could have life to the fullest and it started the day you entered into that relationship with me. And it goes on through eternity. He's our provider, our protector, and we live life to the fullest. Thanks to our shepherd. I hope you know Jesus that way. I hope anybody who would hear this message would know Jesus that way and if not, that they would reach out to somebody so they could start knowing Jesus that way and not be taken in by the, the false prophets and the, the thieves and the outlaws that Jesus is talking about who come to steal, kill, and destroy any hope for this full life that he's talking about. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we we thank you for Christ's words this morning and may our hearts be truly burdened that we live in a world where people do wish to steal, kill, and destroy with distraction, with lies, with false gospels, that people would hope to turn unchurched people off of the church with the ripple effect of that being to turn them off of Christ. May we all live a life that shines your life brightly. May we so live and move in this world that people would be drawn to you instead of pushed away from you. May we emulate the sound of your voice by the way we live our lives. We thank you for the protection that you provide us at the Sheep Gate, the provision that you provide us as you lead us beside still water and walk us through green pastures and have us to lay down to get rest and that restoration of the soul that you provide. Lord, our heart breaks for those who move in this world and don't know that kind of following that we have in you. Help us to reach them. Help us to reach those in our family who don't know you, even when it's difficult. Even when they push us away. Don't invite us or or just distance themselves from us. Open our eyes and open doors to help us to share your truth with them. Help us to do it in love, just as you did. Help us to do it with grace, just as you did. Help us to share the truth of this scripture that says you are our protector, our provider, and that you offer life. And you offer it to the fool. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.